Welcome to Cue the Dagger, brought to you in partnership with Inside the Rink. Inside the Rink is your one-stop shop for all NHL news, insight, and analysis. You can follow them on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. I'll be your host, Clifton Ramey, and I'm with my co-host, Logan Rosengard. How you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good, Cliff. Can't complain. Uh, we have one of our two Stanley Cup finalists in the Colorado Avalanche. And yep, we are yep. pending game six, which I'm not going to say it's going to be the, 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 the lightning, but I, I don't see them losing game six tomorrow. Well, I will give you some credit. What everyone doesn't know is we did record a pod that kind of got scrapped because just some <laughs> technical difficulties. And in that pod, it was when the Rangers were up to nothing. And my co-host over here specifically said that Tampa would not only come back, and tie the series 2-2, but he called the four-game streak here. So if Tampa wins in six, Logan, you were spot on on the series. It, it it's the most it was the most um predictable outcome after the two games. Like Tampa doesn't lose two games in a row, and when they do, you bet your ass they're gonna come back and make you make you regret beating them twice in a row. And I just don't see like, don't get me wrong, the Rangers are a pretty good team. The Rangers are a pretty good team. They've shown it this entire playoffs. They've battled through adversity. They beat the Penguins when they weren't really supposed to. Don't get me wrong. I know that they were the uh, they were the favorite in that series, at least by the seeding, but it's the Penguins we're talking about. They definitely weren't supposed to beat Carolina, and they for sure won't suppose they for sure were were the hella underdog in every sense against the Lightning. There's no way I, I do not see them winning game six. And please, correct, please, please sh- tell me, please show me I'm wrong. I want no. to see a game seven. This is a fun series, but like New York's packing it in. I, I think they're done. I just think like you look at the Rangers, they stink five on five. They went two games without scoring a goal five on five. It's just Igor carried them a little bit. They got a little lucky run playing Louis Domingue coming up. Like, I mean, come on now. I played a third-string goalie in Pittsburgh. You played the third-string goalie in Carolina. Got, I mean, I'm not taking away from what the Rangers have done. They're a good team. It's just they've had a little luck on their side coming through here. So it made their run a little bit easier, but they ran into the Lightning to – the Lightning struggled game one and game two. Maybe it's that, what is it, rust versus rest. Um, or what is it? What's that saying? It's like yeah. rust and uh, whatever that saying is. Maybe it was that, but, you know, Tampa put it together and they're just rolling right now. I know game five was really close. It took a late cold by Sergachev there. But Tampa looks like a wagon. Zazie looks like a wagon. They're going to be tough to beat, in my opinion. It's all but sealed to Tampa Bay and Colorado in the finals. I think that's going to be electric. Talk about Nathan McKinnon battling Nikita Kucherov. Brandon Point might be back at that point. He's skating. Hopefully for them, he's back. Um, while we're here, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you if that is this case. I mean, you can also throw the Rangers in there, but, I mean, I think it's going to be Tampa. Who would you rather, Colorado or Tampa? Colorado. I I I refuse I refuse to watch a three-peat. I refuse to enjoy watching a three-peat. And it's not because it's ta- well, it has everything to do with the fact that Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Uh I I just don't Don't get me wrong. It is a feat of sports strength to 
win three championships in a row. Not a lot of teams in the NBA have done it. Very few teams in the NHL have done it. I don't think any NFL franchise has done it, and I don't know off the top of my head the last MLB franchise to do it. But, like, I, it's got to be Colorado. Like, I, I just... I, I just don't see a world where Colorado isn't winning the cup. They're a fun team to watch. They're a fast team. Uh, they've got JT Comfer, who home, hometown connection, the kids from my hometown. Like I have every reason to root against Tampa Bay. And I know it's crazy because Colorado's in the central. I'm a Blackhawks fan. I shouldn't want them to win, but like I, it, I don't disagree with you. For me, like, I'm from Florida, so, like, the last couple years I was rooting for Tampa because, obviously, the Hawks are out. This year, though, like, selfish me, I kind of look at, like, if Tampa wins a 3 P, like, then they could argue that their dynasty, quote-unquote, is better than what our dynasty was. So, my selfishness there kind of wants them to lose. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I'm really kind of just rooting for players at this point, and I look at a guy like Nathan McKinnon and – you just don't know when you're going to get back and like look at a guy like Hendrick Lundqvist who retired without a cup. And I like seeing the elite superstars get the cup that they deserve. Like imagine if Ovechkin yeah. never got his and stuff like that. And oh my God, this the could Ovechkin, be the Ovechkin cup lift is like a, a awesome. top three hockey moments. Every time I watch it, I get chills. I, I, I just about cry every time I watch Dude, the, Ovechkin the hockey. Cup lift. The hockey world jumped on that ride with Washington, and everybody wanted Washington to win that cup. Like, is that's and Nathan? This could be Nathan McKinnon's only shot. Now, Colorado's a wagon. Don't get me wrong, and they're going to be a wagon for a long time. But going on a deep run and making it to the finals, like it's not easy. Like sometimes you got to get some luck on your side. And I mean, who knows? Colorado, like I said, is a wagon. They'll probably be the Stanley Cup favorite after the offseason, win or lose. But you just never know if this is going to be his only shot at it. So I'm kind of leaning, rooting for Nathan McKinnon and not the Colorado Avalanche, just Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. uh... Um, Before we jump into a little Blackhawks news, you want to go ahead and hit the sponsor there? Of course I do, Cliff. And a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win. You get paid. BetUS.com. So we both saw the news, and I'm assuming every Blackhawks fan has seen the news by now. Um, I wouldn't even consider it news. Yeah, rumor. I'm going to call it the rumor. It was uh, is it Elliot Friedman, Frank Cervalli, Frank Cervalli, the Daily Faceoff, who came out and said that Alex DeBrinket, and I want to make sure that I'm using his exact quote here from his article, is scoop. The question seems to be when, not if. The Hawks will move on for the two-time 40-goal score. Now, before I give you my opinion, I'm going to let you take the mic. I'm going to let you have the floor. And let's hear it. What do you think? Should the Hawks so, move on from Alex Abrinkin? So Frank's main argument is that the Blackhawks 
are going to have to pay a minimum of $9 million to Alex Dabrinkit. And for a team and a franchise that in recent memory has been bad and historically uh, gets bogged down by those large contracts, look at the I hate to say it, look at both the Patrick Kane and the Jonathan Taze contract, look at the Brent Sieber contract, look at the Duncan Keith contract. Like, as much as, you know, in some way, shape, or form, those were worth it in some capacity, the price tag of them happened to have bit them in the ass. And it's like, I think that's going to be the case with the Seth Jones one, just because nine and a half million is expensive, period. No matter how good the player is, I digress. He, he, he's saying that because he's going to be so expensive, and because by the time that the Blackhawks are going to be good enough and build have, have built around him, he's going to be in NHL uh, terms, middle age, 28, 29, 30. He's going to be in the middle of his prime, which is really, it, it, it's a fair argument. But le- let me give some context. Alex Dabrinkit is a 40-goal scorer. He's proven it this year. Uh, he was one of 15 40 goal scorers. He scored 41 in 82 games. He played a whole season. He played 82 games. He was one of uh, like five foot six. Yeah, the kid's tiny. I'm taller than him. I'm taller than him. That isn't saying much, but I'm taller than him. The kid scored 41 goals. There were uh, 15 players that scored 40 goals in 2018 19, the last full season before this one, the last 82 game season. There were 12 players in 2017-18. There were seven players that scored 40 goals. And in 16-17, there were three 40-goal scorers. So a guy that scores 40 goals doesn't happen. Not everyone's a 40-goal scorer. Um, Not everyone is a 40-goal scorer. The the argument that Debrinkit's going to get a lot of future capital, draft capital, draft stock, uh, prospect capital in return from wherever he gets traded, he will. Obviously, the kid's 24 and he's scoring 40 goals. By the time he's 27, he might be scoring 60. He's going to get a lot back. There's the whole, you get a first-round draft pick. Oh, my God, you got a first-round draft pick from a team that's going to be bad in the next couple of years. That's a high pick. Of course it's a high pick. But let me give you some numbers in perspective. From between the the first pick and the 16th pick, lottery picks, they are successful, which is considered 100 NHL games. They are considered successful NHLers 74% of the time. It's a pretty good turnover. It's a steep drop off to 55% between the 16th and 32nd pick. Then, Or, and then between 27 and 32, the last half, the last portion of that first round, it's a 40% success rate in the NHL. 40% chance that they can, are considered a set success. Second round pick. You see second round picks get thrown around in a lot of mock drafts. You see a lot of roster forwards. Alex Debrinkit's a second round pick. Exactly. Which, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of second round picks in the NHL. There's a lot of fifth round picks in the NHL that are superstars, that are quality rotation Top six forwards. 
But second round picks statistically only become second overall established players 35% of the time. And that's not even like a guaranteed 35%. That is like a loose 35% of likelihood. You get deeper into that, it it gets, you know, uh, the likelihood of third round pick is is like last fourth round, fifth round. There's only so few seventh round picks that are in the NHL. My point being, $9 million is worth Alex to bring it. He's scoring 41 goals. If you want a player to build around, Alex Dabrinkit is your kid. He's young. He's impressionable. He's got room to grow still. The kid can mentor a kid that's 18 who's going to be a goal scorer. Or you you draft a kid in in the next couple of drafts that's got elite pass making. You put him on the first line when Alex Dabrinkit's 26. By the time Alex Dabrinkit's in his prime in 28, 35 to 60 goals every year, guaranteed. On top of a guy that's probably going to score 60 to 80 points guaranteed next to Alex Dabrinkit. On top of, we'll still have Patrick Kane because I don't think he should be traded. It's mind-boggling to me, given given the numbers that I just gave of likelihood that a draft pick is going to be a successful NHLer, given the fact that Alex Dabrinkit is already an elite NHLer, already in my eyes a top 50 NHL skater. No doubt. The the fact that... uh, the argument that $9 million is too much. Stupid. Out the window. $9 million, I think, is on the money for a kid like Alex Abrinkit. For yeah. a player like Alex Abrinkit. You don't see 40 goal scorers coming to the league all that often. I gave you the numbers. There were 15 this past year. You know how many NHL, you know how many players stepped foot on the ice for an NHL team this year? Hundreds. Hundreds. There were players that made one appearance that will never make an NHL appearance again. 40 goal scorers are... Less than a quarter, less than a quarter of a quarter of NHL players each season. And we're just going to give that up for, for like, don't get me wrong. The, uh, we'll get into some mocks. Yeah. Jersey's second overall pick would be great this year. We don't have a first round pick, but it doesn't, this isn't the, this isn't the draft in my eyes to get a second overall pick in. This isn't the, this isn't the player to trade out in a blockbuster. You you've got to pay him the nine million. You've got to. Yeah, the, the thing is, and like everyone wants to talk, like, oh, he's going to be too old. Well, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Steven Stamkos is older than the core in Tampa by a little bit. He would be the perfect example of a sniper goal scorer who's slightly older than the core coming up. Like he's not as young as Kutrov and Point and all those guys, but Tampa kept Stamkos. Built around Stamkos. They were bad for a few years with Stamkos, and now look at what they're doing. And it, you're going to trade away Alex Dabrinkit to hope you find a guy like Alex Dabrinkit. Like you're trading away Alex Dabrinkit with the hopes that you find that type of player with the draft picks. Why the heck are you trading the player away if you already have the player? You know what I mean? Like, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to break down some mocks and like go into it that way and like just address like value for the brinket and what should, but by no means do I actually think the Chicago Blackhawks should trade Alex to bring it. He's 24. He turns 25 in the midpoint way of the season in December. He's young. If it takes three to four years to just be irrelevant and like be back in the playoff push, 
Well, he's still in his late 20s. Like, he's not old there. You're talking, you still at that point have at least five to six solid seasons the, the, of Alex to break it. The team isn't even that far removed from being competitive and in a playoff spot again in my eye. Like, there's and three yes, seasons. The maybe. NHL, like, you can flip and flop so fast because of, like, just how good these young kids are nowadays. Like, you just it takes one young kid or, like, an elite goalie to get thrown in your net. Like, who says Drew Caveso doesn't come up and be an absolute stud in two years? And now the Blackhawks are an eighth seed just because they have Drew Camesso in the net. Like, they have zero ideas. You have Alex to break it. You already have a guy like Lucas Reichel. You have five picks in the first two rounds. You don't need to go just because it's a quote-unquote, let's go get the first-round pick because it's in the first round. Who cares? You just read the numbers. This is a bad draft. Yeah, and unless, like I said, you like you said, not I said, like you said, if it's not in the top 16, the odds just aren't that different from the late first to a second round. Keep the dang two seconds. We have two or three seconds, two seconds, because Edmonton didn't make it. Keep the two seconds we have or move up using the two seconds. Do not trade Alex and bring it. Just doesn't make any sense. It's I, I literally would probably riot if they trade Alex and bring it. Like, that's just dumb. Just makes zero sense why you would literally trade a guy away in the hopes of getting that guy back. That's that's what you're looking for. And and the, I I just don't think that this is the draft to get a like. No, is it? Look, may, may, I mean, year after year, like the top the top five NHL, you know, the top five prospects that get picked, they're typically NHL regulars ish. Like that, they're going to be a guy that's going to be on the roster or a roster most of their life like they're going to be an NHL regular but I I don't know I don't necessarily want to settle for Slavkovsky or Logan Cooley no, I, I like, don't either I I would much rather Alex to break it I would much rather Alex to brink it and whatever pick we get in the top 10 next year because next year's top 10 Connor like Bedard. I I Connor Bedard Matt Vaymichkov, that's going to be like the one and two or the one and three. Like, it, uh, see, this is what I get worried about. And this is like now that Kyle Davidson has the reins, and when I get nervous, is like, does he have his eyes set on Connor Bedard so hard or just one of those top two picks? Because both those kids are going to be studs next year that like he wants to blow it up this year with the hopes of getting that pick. That's what I get nervous is that like I he wants to just blow it up so that they're that bad, but it's just not a guarantee with the lottery, and I don't think that's worth it. Like I get nervous that Davidson and there's might be guys that. to there, there's other guys to move if you want to tank. Like you move Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane well before you move Alex to bring it in my eyes if you want to tank. You uh you, you move Connor Murphy, you move Dylan Strom, you move Dominic Kubalik, you move anyone else that isn't Alex to bring it. You build around Alex to bring it. Yeah. Like it. Uh, uh, I agree with it, you hundred percent. It's mind boggling. I, I, the more I sit and think about it, the more I look at the numbers, the more I look at like the different uh, prospects that we could get the different picks. Like if we, the, the working, the working mock trade that I've seen from a lot of fans and a lot of just hockey people, out there is we're calling up the New Jersey Devils and we're getting their second overall pick at least 
It would take more than that, in my opinion. They I would think have it to. would take a lot more than that. I think we're. Go- I think we would see Jesper Bratt coming back. Yeah, they have one of the deepest prospect systems in the NHL. They would be giving us at least uh, that second overall pick and another A-grade prospect. I don't know if it would be Bratt because he was in the NHL this year, and I think New Jersey's trying to get better at that point. But we, yeah, would definitely, but we would definitely be getting one of their, like, A-grade prospects and that pick and probably more. Like, you're just not getting an RFA, Alex, to bring it that whoever trades for him will have him for the next nine years. We'd probably get Alexander Holtz. Yeah. Or Nolan oh, Foot. Yeah. We'd probably yeah. get their second overall pick. We'd maybe get a fourth or a third round pick. And then maybe some weird, like, uh, a roster guy like I don't know so hear me out on this one I came up with this trade right just just for fun you know it's off season again I do I want to make this very clear I do not want Alex to bring a trade it do not want him traded so according to Lisa Dillman of the Athletic the LA Kings are willing to trade Quentin Byfield right so when I drew up was Alex Debrinkit, the 2022 Minnesota second round pick, the 2022 Edmonton third round pick, or Kublik or Strom's rights, for Quinton Byfield, a 2022 first round pick from the Kings, and then a 2023 first or an A grade prospect. If I'm Rob Blake, I'm heavily considering that. It's a pretty good I, deal for both sides, like, right? I think they might be giving up a little much with that extra A-grade prospect, and I would probably defer it to, like... I mean, who who, who are you thinking by A-grade prospect? Like, I don't think they're going to give up Alex Turcotte. No, no, no. It wouldn't be like a Turcotte. It'd be like... Um, it would like be Mar- like that. Like a Martin Chromiak? Yeah, like like, like a Clark a, Brandt, maybe. So I guess by like A grade, like A minus grade, look at it like that way. Like not like they're obviously because like if they're giving us Byfield, Turcotte would be their next big guy. So like obviously they wouldn't move on from both of them. I, I, I take back what I said about I'd be upset if I if Debrinka got traded because I, I'm a big Quentin Byfield fan, and I'm not like again. I don't think he I. I think trading to bring it would be not ideal. And I think it's the least preferred outcome of this off season. However, I will say having a two way big bodied centerman to compliment, uh, whoever Kirby doc on the, the draft, wing. Kirby doc on the wing, <laughs> like, okay. Just say can't win a face-off. I I I just no and I don't know. That that would be interesting. But again, I just don't I think uh, that's where where the Brinkett trade has to start. Like the package has to be a high-end NHL ready prospect. Right. And a first, and maybe more. And the only reason why I put the other first in there was because they the Hawks were throwing back a second and a third. And if we really wanted to, you could bump it to the Hawks second. So it's like almost the first because it's what the sixth pick in the second round. Kyle Davidson 
if if you're listening to this, or if anyone in the front office is listening to this, just don't trade to Brinkett. Not, not even don't trade to Brinkett. <laughs> like, like I obviously I can't stop you. I'm a kid from the suburbs that has zero relation to to the front office, and I wouldn't be able to stop you if I tried. But max value, max value, max value. If you're going to trade Dylan Strom, if you're going to trade Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays, Connor Murphy, any of these guys so that we can tank and, and secure a very, very good draft pick in a very, very deep draft in 2023, get the max return. It's the river card. You just made your hand. You just made a very, very uh, a sneaky um, um you just made a full house that doesn't that isn't very easy to see you got to get max value on your opponent because if you don't you're just not getting max return if, if you trade away a- alex to and you don't land up with a superstar on your roster from that trade just think about how you're going to look at that trade it's going to look just like the artemi panarin trade you've got to get max value like that that that's it. Like, I think it's insane that Alex Dabrinkit's name is being thrown around on the trade block by 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 Cervelli and by insiders for the reasons I gave. But if you're gonna trade him, better fucking get the max return. Like, like it 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 like it's it's as simple as that. You trade someone, you get the max value. Like you are, if you're going to get a call from New Jersey, LA, uh, Ottawa, maybe even Detroit, all those, all of those teams have deep prospect pools. All those teams have high potential draft picks in this and next year's draft. You better be barking up as much as you can up that GM's ear on the other side of the phone because they are calling you asking for Alex to bring it. You're not calling them asking to give them Alex to bring it. If they want him that badly, they're going to pay top dollar and you better be getting top dollar. Yep. They... Period. Period. End of story. We're, and we're going to find out soon. I, I don't know if everyone realizes because of the way the season falls and everything like it's going to be the Stanley Cup's going to be handed out, and then it's going to be immediately into the draft. And if Alex Brinkett's going to be traded, it's going to be either right before the draft or at the draft. Chicago's going to want to get that draft capital for him, unless they're bringing back like a Quentin Byfield or something crazy like that. So, it, if in Chicago, we're going to have a pretty good idea if Alex Brinkett's here for the long haul in a very short time. I think, yeah. I think that Davidson is going to have to make the call. I think. Hawks fans are going to have a probably a hectic week leading up to the NHL uh, draft, and it's going to be just balls to the wall for Kyle Davidson, and he's going to have a lot on his plate. I just hope that he handles it correctly, and if he trades Alex to bring it, he gets proper value back, and he just fleeces somebody, but I just – my personal hope is I want Patrick Kane back and I want Alex to bring it back. I think that's personally what's best for the Blackhawks, in my opinion. But 
I'm not Kyle Davidson, so we are 10 to 14 ish days away from the winner of this year's Stanley Cup being awarded. We are a little over a month away from free agency starting on July 13th, and we're a little over a month and a half away from the draft on July 23rd. Yeah, it's going to be an insane, insane couple weeks for the Blackhawks because they can't do much right now. And once this season ends, it's going to be full go for Kyle Davidson. So, And then August is going to roll around pretty quick, and we're going to see training camp start up. Like, we yeah. are – this is mm. time it's moves by like, fast. We're talking about the Stanley Cup, and as Hawks fans, like we're like training camps right around the corner. Like it's insane how quick this is going to go. Um, hopefully, this is the last time we ever have to deal with a quick turnaround like this. Hopefully, a pandemic doesn't screw up the schedule ever again. But who knows? Do you have anything else for for the pod today, Logan? Just please get max value, like. <laughs> no, please don't trade him. Don't even say that. I want just don't trade him. Like we got a little guy who scores 40 goals and drops yeah. the mitts. It drops the mitts. Let's keep him. Let let's let's see tomorrow night. Let's see a Tampa Bay win. Because I don't know if I as a hockey fan am prepared for like the best. The best. And I mean that Stanley Cup final in a long time. Like I can't remember the last Stanley Cup final series that was legitimately entertaining from game one to finish. Like, may, maybe, all, maybe. I could be maybe, a little biased. But maybe all the Pittsburgh the series. Hawks. Maybe the Hawks series, but like. Definitely Hawks-Boston. That was 2019 with, with Boston-St. Louis honestly wasn't that entertaining. Like, there were maybe two good games. 2020, the bubble was fun because, like, Dallas and Tampa Bay were it was the bubble like anything could have happened but I I wouldn't put that entertainment value nearly as much as what even a Rangers Colorado series could be like this is going to be a very that's very what the fun. NHL would want make a lot of money for them if it was New York Colorado oh NHL is going to make the, the league is probably raking in more Maybe I'm wrong, and we'll see the TV numbers once the round ends. But like, uh, they're up, they're up big time compared to last year. Ha- having TNT. having the having the number one sports market in the finals is always good. Having yeah. the returning champion, the defending champion, looking on a three peat is always good. Having a young, like the odds were in their favor the entire season team in Colorado on the other side of the bracket going to the Stanley Cup final is good for views. This is going to be a fantastic Stanley Cup final, Cliff. Either way yeah, you look at it. It's going to be electric. The playoffs have been electric. It's The worst part about it is there's been no Chicago in there because the play on the ice has just been unreal, just entertainment, just flying up and down the ice. People are getting knocked out in the stadium, on the ice, in the stands. Actually, I just want to take one moment. To that Rangers fan who knocked out the Lightning fan, you're a scumbag. That's all I got to say. Like, you're a scumbag, dude. I don't care what the guy's chirping in your ear. Take your loss and walk out of the rink. There's no need to deck a dude when he's not looking. At least, like, square up to the man. Like, don't just throw, like, a dumb little... I'm just going to cheap shot you punch. You're a scumbag. Yeah. I'm happy you got arrested. But, Sucker hey. punches are not for. At the same time, though, 
when you're walking into the enemy's territory and you're wearing the other team's jersey, you got to be a little bit more aware. Got to be, be a little on your bit toes. more aware. Yeah, you, you got to be a little bit more aware, but that guy's a scumbag. That's the only note I wanted to put in there. I know that video went viral, and I mean, like, as much as I like seeing a guy get knocked out as the other, that's just a scumbag move. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that or not. I got nothing else to add, Cliff. All right. Well, let's enjoy game six of the Stanley Cup finals or Stanley Cup Eastern Conference finals. And Hopefully it's well, – I don't really care if it's Tampa or Colorado, but I'm predicting Tampa, Colorado by the next time we have a conversation. But thank you all for listening to Cue the Dagger.